understand. I don't understand. What do you want? What do you You're want? just a machine. You're just a machine. Tonight are some fine gentlemen, uh, Mr. Alex Fuller, Purple Monkey Dishwasher, <laughs> Master John Yearworth. Damn it, Alex! I was going to do that. <laughs> Mr. Trent Ste- Seely. Greetings from the East Coast. Yes, and uh, our illustrious editor in chief, uh, Michael Cunningham. Greetings from much further south on the East Coast, as you can probably tell. Yeah, so. <laughs> not 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 that that's not apparent. <laughs> Indeed, oh, I'm I'm the only United States er on here, aren't I? Yeah, that's, all right. I've got to represent then. You, you keep Coming hiring people. Rules. You keep hiring people from the Commonwealth. It's really well. your own fault. It's a matter of averages. <laughs> yeah, all we need now is like an Australian or something to round it out. We we do need an Australian because someone needs to be even to be even worse off than us in terms of games that they actually get. <laughs> That's true. I will have I'm to. Kind of, uh, I'll, I'll have we to get put enough a... people here as well. We'll be able to institute uh, British language English. Oh yeah. Well, the problem is is that Canadian English is a weird bastard offspring of both American and British English, so we'd still have those nagging those nagging things. Ooh, yeah, the ooh. extra use. Is this is this my opportunity to annoy Mac endlessly by referring to companies in the plus? Oh, no. oh yes, no. yes. Let let us do that. <laughs> no, you know what doesn't have extra extra use in it though? E three. E three could use some use. That's true. There are too many e's. There's a limited supply <laughs> of vowels. We need to distribute them better. All now right. that I've stepped on the segue, uh, because this is not RPG cast, we have no segments except news. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go through <laughs> E3 news. I like that. Works for me. All right. Dark, are you dark, Chris? Is that what I can call you, or do I have to call you Scott? Um, you know, I do have a beard. I'm not putting it past myself to be the Evil Mirror Universe version of someone. Okay. Sounds fair. All right. So there were some games at E3, right? There were some games. games what? Yeah. Really? Jesus. Yeah. That's new. That that is frighteningly new. I know talking with uh, Manny, who I really wish we would have been able to get on. I guess we just got a reminder to him too late. I should have I should have touched base with him earlier. Sorry, Manny. Um, hope maybe he'll Manny show needs up here in the middle of this. Manny needs to sleep. Yeah, he probably needs some rest after this week. week. But then again, on one end, it sounded like there wasn't near as much that was playable that's not going to be out in like the next month or two, anyways. So a lot of the stuff he got to try was, you know, it wasn't as massive as far as playable things as it had been in the past few years, from what I'm hearing. And that that could just be an offshoot of uh, half the stuff that get that got announced was, you know, for new consoles that they don't want to have dev kits sitting out on the floor. <laughs> right. 
can we just get the big one out of the way? Sure. Just, just to go ahead and talk about versus thirteen now Final Fantasy fifteen. Was anybody anybody shocked? You know, I'm uh, I'm not surprised, but I, then again, I also hmm. don't care. See, I, I think all. All of us over the past year have voiced that we thought it might become versus like like versus might become Final Fantasy 15, but I didn't go into E3 expecting that, that announcement after all those percentages were announced by Famitsu about the game progress. You know, we were all joking. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah, you know, like this this version of Final Fantasy 10 is at 80 percent, and Final Fantasy 8 for PC is at 80 percent, and Lightning Returns is at 70 percent, and Versus is at point zero zero six nine percent, which it still might be. <laughs> you know, that's but entirely possible. It's not like they announced a date. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, no. it's true. It's true. It, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't go into E three, especially where uh, TGS is more of an RPG oriented event than E three is. I didn't go into this expecting uh, a Final Fantasy fifteen announcement. Yeah, right. I can understand that because. But at the same time, a lot of the Final Fantasy stuff always seems to hit A3, you know, more often. But the one thing that I do remember is kind of what you were saying about the percentages, how the last time we heard about Versus or anything, they kind of joked it was at, was it at 13% or 1.3%. It was some asininely low number. And I was going to make the joke that they'd upped it to 15%, and that would make a lot more sense now. So that's why they had to change the name. <laughs> yeah. Shocked. I can't say I was. There was a lot of hints from people that seem to have contacts within Square Enix um, that were really strongly hinting that uh, this was taking place. Not necessarily that the name would be changed, but that, you know, at least verses would be shown in some form or fashion. And I was going to go into this saying that if they didn't show it, that the game no longer existed. And I wouldn't have been shocked by that whatsoever either. See, no, I would be, because that would mean Square Enix understood what sunk costs are. <laughs> and and that that just doesn't happen. Yeah, I would yes. be really disappointed if it ceased to exist because then buying the perfume of Noctis would be completely pointless. Well, that's true. They did start selling that stuff. This was, you know, I can't believe they're doing such <laughs> such marketing and merchandise stuff for a game that really hadn't even existed to this point. So good for them. They found ways to make their that games profitable before they. DLC. Yeah, they've made games profitable before they're even in existence. All right. So while we're on Final Fantasy, um, not really profitable though. That's not a good term yeah. to use for verses. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy 15. Sorry, yeah. got to quit calling it verses. Just, just ease into it. XV. XV. Oh no, because <laughs> I hate it when people call it like Final Fantasy X or X2. It's not that. <laughs> no personal. I'm, I'm going home tonight to Final Fantasy XII. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, it's as bad as when John. You know, refers to companies by their plural or whatever. No, it's oh. not. Christ. <laughs> yes. So Square Enix have also announced some stuff related to Final Fantasy fourteen. And does anyone actually care? I do. Um, I, I super, super do. Really? <laughs> really, really. Um, I, I don't. I, I think myself, Quinn, and Noodle are are the few that have actually played uh, a, a fair amount of Final Fantasy fourteen. Would you say that's right? Probably. John, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, there's there's obviously problems with the original iteration. A lot of them were improved as time went by after they switched producers. But um, play, in playing the beta of A Realm Reborn, which I've done recently, I I, I have to say that I kind of like how it's shaping up. So I'm kind I'm I'm planning on buying the PS3 version when it's released this summer. 
I just downloaded the PS3 beta this afternoon. So I'm no, gonna... Oh, you have the PS3 beta? I do. I just got into ah. the PS3 beta. But um, I can see if, if y'all are interested, I can see about getting some extras. But that's inside baseball. Um, as far as being <laughs> inter interested in the game itself, um, I played 11 for like three years. So I'm willing to give it a chance now that it's supposedly fixed and there's some interesting content in there as opposed oh, yeah. to not i was going to say that um because phase three of the beta test started today right yeah um so anyone who was in any of the previous beta tests can play again this weekend and they've got the um i, I think phase four is coming up which is the one just before the one planned for just before before release in august i think it's right. august that's the yeah. one thing's passover right yeah it's august now, I wouldn't say it fixes a lot of problems, I, and John, you can agree or disagree, but I would say that it feels like a different game almost completely. Well, the, the, while the, like, I can, obviously they've carried over a lot of the graphics assets from the old version, um, it, the fact that they've changed the UI quite a lot just means that the game plays a lot better than it used to. You don't have to fight the UI to do anything, which is arguably something you still have to do with Final Fantasy XI because it was made, you know, 12 years ago. Right. Yeah. And uh, Max, you might be appreciative of the you, you might be appreciative of the UI, the UI changes where they look a little bit comparable to uh, Final Fantasy XII now. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I've watched a lot of the uh, YouTube videos and stuff that they put up of the UI and the way things are set up now. So it should be interesting to to dig into. But instead, you know what? I decided. I, also, I still, um, podcast. I don't well. know if we I I don't know if we put the trailer up for um that showed that the um they're they're releasing a kind of hybrid scholar summoner class. Did we put that up? Or, yes, right. I saw it. Yeah, so we, we did. Put up today, I think. Yeah, because. Those were basically two of the jobs that I leveled to um, five in Final Fantasy XI, so I wouldn't kind of wouldn't mind playing them again. Yeah, and in the same article today, uh, there was also a video demonstrating the the PS3 UI, so that's kind of cool. The PS3 iteration, I should say. All right, uh, before we leave uh, Square Enix, we we got a trailer for uh, Ten and Ten Two. Gorgeous. I mean, uh, I, yay. yay! I never expected that. It seemed like they were going to take forever to you know, just to re-release this too. So I was expecting just kind of the minimal, crank it out, here we go, we're going to take forever, but it looks fantastic. I was, I haven't even seen it in action, and everybody that has says it's even better, but... Well, I'm, I'm just consistently surprised with how well these, uh, like, PS2 upscales are working. Mm -hmm. And you, have, you, have either of you, any of you picked up uh, the Devil May Cry 3 collection? Or the Devil May Cry collection? No, I, I got the uh, Metal Gear Solid collection, though. Well, uh, the, the Devil May Cry thing one does something absolutely genius. The opening cutscene for each of the games is presented as it was in the original. So same aspect ratio, same graphics. And then you, when you start to play, it jumps to the new resolution. So you immediately get a comparison. Oh, nice. Interesting. So that was yeah. actually yeah, really cool to see. Well, it's Capcom <laughs> versus Konami. And I'm like... Yeah, I almost wish that was a function for all of them, where they would give you one cutscene to be like, "And this is the work we put in." <laughs> <laughs> Fair. No, no um, I, I think the game is the game is looking beautiful. I, we haven't heard anything regarding what they're going to do with, with uh, international and final mission, though, have we? Yes, they confirmed the international versions. These are the international versions. The last so mission we don't stuff. I, I, 
uh, it's it, they're included in it. They're not DLC. I can't remember what okay. the world I saw on the. Somebody was saying something about the last mission, but I can't remember exactly. So you can kill me, and you can Google it later. Chances are, if you're screaming at the, you know, at your screen right now, or remember right any now, complaints, go to wheels at rpgamer.com. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so yeah, if you're screaming about it right now, you already know. So that's what what's up. So, okay. I um, bet they haven't made Blitzball interesting, though, have they? Blitzball? No, I don't think that's possible. I, I don't think that can be done. Like, but I mean, it the, can these be. are this is an art team and a programmer, not miracle workers. Yeah. Well, hey, I thought Blitzball was all right. They just need to I'm steal like, the it's, it's, it's a polarizing. It's it's such a polarizing mini game because there's a, always a portion that love Blitzball and then there's a portion that absolutely hate it. Like I disliked it so much that that one time in Luca where you absolutely have to play, I couldn't stand it. I want to lose as fast. Well, I mean, this is true of every <laughs> Final Fantasy mini game, and as they kind of take up bigger chunks of gameplay, they, they, the vocal the the vocalizations seem to get louder. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love the idea, but the implementation wasn't brilliant. Well, you could score one goal, swim into your own net, and then run out the time. <laughs> Maybe they fixed That's that amazing. in International, but oh uh, no, I don't even I, I blocked it from my memory completely. But yeah, it it looks gorgeous. I wish they would just go ahead and confirm that the Vita versions are either going to be delayed because I keep feeling like they are. They just seem to be teasing those, or that you know they're guaranteed to be digital only, which is what it's looking like right now. But I'm pretty sure they're going to be digital only, eh, which is all right. right. That, that's okay though. I'm just a collector. I like I having my games in hand. <laughs> but we haven't got to Microsoft yet, so we'll worry about that later. <laughs> Will we get to Microsoft? Place oh. your bets now. <laughs> yeah. I do want to come back to Final Fantasy fifteen later, though. I want to talk about gameplay and stuff on that. Oh, but I don't want to, do don't want to eat up too much on that. Do it do now. It. Do it. You don't want to do it now? I know there's still Lightning Returns and other Kingdom Hearts stuff to you talk about. You know what? Let's about. do it now. Yeah. We'll hit Lightning and Kingdom Hearts right yeah, now. Yeah, I have right. comment as well, so... <laughs> okay, versus... There's lots of drama out there about people whining and complaining and people On the saying, internet? God forbid. I know. They're like, oh, it's an action RPG. I know, it's I, no I longer... wasn't expecting it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are just... I, and you know what? Probably five years ago, I would have been in that same crowd. Being like, I can't stand action RPGs. I don't want it to be that. But you know what? None of us have played the game yet. We know it's more action-based, but you don't really know exactly how it breaks down. There's the little... Um, I saw NeoGAF had a GIF-heavy animated where they'd taken the battle system and kind of tried to break it down as much as possible. There's warps, and you know you can kind of warp along the screen, and you have different actions that you can take as far as attacking and magic, and I um, can't remember what the length uh, special attacks that they've got are called, but, you know, they're... It, there's no guarantee it's going to be just like Kingdom Hearts if people don't like that, or that it's going to be just a standard action RPG. Just because they claim, just because Square Enix said it's action RPG, that term is absolutely meaningless without any kind of. Well, again, and leave it to Square to do something different and vaguely obtuse with a new system, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing. All the Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy Thirteen, was kind of actiony, but. That was still had it had its feet in active but, time battling somewhere. So, weirdly enough, I remember distinctly when Final Fantasy Thirteen was first released, people were kind of in an uproar because there seemed to be this evolution after Final Fantasy Twelve, where everything was a little bit more 
some people are going to hate me for saying this MMO like, okay, <laughs> a little bit more real time. <laughs> and then when things became a little bit more command based, that's not to say Final Fantasy 12 wasn't command based, but when it was distinctly command based for Final Fantasy 13, I remember people talking about how the entire series was regressing. And now we're talking about how the entire series is abandoning the concept of uh, commands at all. So I, I, I think. Michael kind of hit the nail on the head when he was talking in the forums uh, either today or yesterday when he said, you know, uh, every single Final Fantasy has kind of a different combat. Well, most Final Fantasies have a fairly different concept of how to handle battles, and we really can't distinct judge until something's released. Yeah, they've reinvented the gameplay every time for the past decade and a half plus. And mm. you know what? If it works, cool. If it doesn't, well, hey, we'll just stick it next to Final Fantasy VIII and leave it alone. <laughs> um, now, yeah. uh, unpopular opinion, but um, I kind of feel like I kind of I wouldn't say I kind of implicitly trust Square on this one. Well, I don't but, trust them, but <laughs> but I do think that they have had experience with making a good game like Fifteen, except which... we didn't get it, which was Type Zero. Ah. Ah. There is, there is that. Is known for not, not everyone likes the Kingdom Hearts titles, and and I attribute that kind of towards a, a convoluted story and and a, boring repetitive a unique gameplay. form of presentation. Ooh. Yes, some people like it though. You know, that's true. And and I and I hate to be that guy, but a lot of these people who are complaining about action RPGs now are never going to like action RPGs because they're never going to seek them out. And when I start hearing so much negativity before they even get the game in their hands, my first instinct is, you like the combat in earlier Final Fantasy games? Go play an earlier Final Fantasy game. They're, They're still available there. for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was actually that was actually one of the things I I always remember is uh, remember mentioning on the forums. I think it must have been at least a year ago. Is um, I don't think Square Enix will ever get anywhere if all they ever do is just remake people's favorite Final Fantasy game ad infinitum. Well, mm. on that note, the interview that US Gamer, um, I guess they are called US Gamer, um, that Jeremy Parrish did with, he didn't, it wasn't even in an interview. It was during like a play of Lightning Returns or something like that, that Katase came up to him and was asking him a question if he thought that if Square Enix was to his words were remake Final Fantasy VI in a next-gen style and with all the you know revamps and everything that are going on there. Would people be interested? And I took that to mean not necessarily just a remake of that, but, but a, a game version, to a, a game in that game. style. Yeah, wow. something where like maybe Final Fantasy XVI would take mm. all of the good aspects, like the turn-based combat and the great party system and everything that everything that people gush over six for and to put that into a new game for the next release or something like that either option you know could be interesting so it's not like they've totally abandoned these ideas and they never have and i think the reason that you know versus is an action rpgs they wanted to just make it mainstream get it out there say you know we've worked on this for the past six seven years here you go oh by the way we've renamed it because we want to get it more publicity attention we don't want people to think it's Lightning Returns to Dash Three. I, it's one one of the things with the action RPG is less of the gameplay and more with how it's the visuals are. Is that they're sort of it's more blatant disregard for mechanics in terms of sort of you've got people jumping about all over the place. Yeah, a, that... there was a bit 
in the in the fifteen trailer where you claimed the giant enemy sword and yeah. was just sort of swinging it about as if it was a normal short sword. It's just, and, there's a bit but, but, where there's a. This is, it's not okay, related this, to the gameplay at all, but it's no sometimes. I, I don't think we can base anything on the trailer. And it's not because I think the trailer's fraudulent, but outside of that first disclaimer that said this is a work of progress, things are subject to change. Like, I, like I, the word I'm hearing since the event is that that entire trailer was pretty much uh, not fabricated, but <laughs> it's, it's the, the actual gameplay yeah. itself is quite different. And, and, and I don't like how people are saying things like there are no mechanics involved. The battle system may become a little bit more hacky slashy, which happens sometimes in RPGs. That's not to say that there aren't mechanics within the game. I'm sure that there's character and level yeah. progression mechanics somewhere there, yeah. too. When I say mechanics, I mean the sort of mathematical physics side of like, mechanics. Like not... Newtonian mechanics. Yes, that's, Newton- that's what I was referring mechanics. to. <laughs> well, I mean, if they can get that to where it all feels like you just see one cutscene with all sorts of crazy flips and throwing giant swords like they're, you know, knives. Yeah. <laughs> and if that all comes together as part of the game's style, it's one thing, but it, in isolation it's just a little fiddly. No, yeah. I kind of figured regardless. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to get a hit on a point that you had made about not really taking anything that's in that trailer for, you know, you know, taking it to the bank or anything, but mainly because there's so much in that that they could do. Those could have just been some of the more scripted scenes that you go through. Like, I, you know, it, it didn't look like quick time events, but those could have been less of the combat and more of just the more actiony, interesting scenes. Because what I've heard a lot of people say is it's less looking at just the trailer. They say it looks less like even an action RPG and more like an action game in general, which there's a big difference between. And that may have just been what we were seeing for that trailer. Yeah. I mean, this could just be how they're presenting the game right now. It could change. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 going to reserve my criticism till about a year afterward when uh, people are actually saying something interesting about the game, as opposed to uh, you know the the usual uh, fanboy stuff. Love and hate. Yeah. If there's one but, thing that goes on around E3, especially Final Fantasy and Square Enix, it's the jump to conclusion, Matt. So I I, I think in general, Final Fantasy titles have this effect on RPG gamers, it's so powerful to them. Like, in good times and bad, all people can talk about are Final Fantasy, you know? It's, it's, it's never... No no one's ever freaking out tremendously about Dragon Quest or the Tales games. Well, it's, Dragon it's Quest and Tales don't seem to do anything quite so freak-out-y as often. And... Well, I don't know, see... I, I remember when people were talking about a remake for Final Fantasy VII, and there was there's like a solid two sides two sides to that camp. There was the side that wanted everything to stay the same except a graphical update, and then there was the side that said, "What's the point of doing a remake in general if everything's going to stay the same and they don't fix anything?" And that's when you get to a point where you you can say to yourself, "There's no way to please this audience." <laughs> yeah. So unpleasable audiences um, to Final Fantasy XIII. Lightning Returns. Lightning Returns. Has she returned Final Fantasy Thirteen yet? Has everybody else returned it? Uh, I have. I don't know about you guys. I'm playing uh, it right now on my PS3. <laughs> I'm hearing mixed things. I, I've heard people that absolutely love the new battle system with just Lightning. I've heard people that have absolutely hated the new battle system with just Lightning. Um, I know Manny talked a little bit about, uh, he talked a little to me about what it was doing, and he said that, you know, not a lot of people were, 
you know, diving into it compared to some of the other stuff that was out around there. But yeah, I still hate the fact that there's no party. That's the one thing I've always enjoyed about the Final Fantasy games is having a party, whether they're stupid people or whatever. I want a party, and just having one character in there is kind of less interesting to me, even if it is fun. Yeah, I'll agree with that. My only concern when I first saw it is uh, it is it does seem to be very action-oriented, and uh, I don't know what the button map, because that's the big thing that they mention in pretty much every interview and every trailer, how the commands are mapped to buttons. And I was like, how the hell is this thing going to play? <laughs> you know? But yeah. as as we near it, I'm, I think I'm less concerned about the game mechanics and a little bit more concerned about the story, because as I'm <laughs> replaying Fantasy, and uh, I remember for, for all of its faults, like I, I, I actually really don't dislike Final Fantasy XIII's narrative. I really don't. I'm not a big fan of the dialogue or the way that it's conveyed in an encyclopedic format. But the story itself, I don't dislike. Um, I can't say the same for Final Fantasy XIII too. And the way that it left me with a to be continued ending. Uh, spoilers, in case you haven't played the game that came out or, two years ago, or assume, uh, or don't draw any inferences from uh, the second part of a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. It, this is the crazy thing is like all I know is that this game takes place like what five hundred years after the events yeah. of Final Fantasy. But after thirteen two, time really doesn't have any meaning because you were jumping around time so much that it really had no. It no, didn't no, mean no, anything. No, but but the Historia Crux, right? And and I'm thinking like, how the hell is Snow and Hope here? Should these people not be stupid amounts of dead? You know. Well, uh, well, well, Sarah broke time. And, you know, so Snow and Hope are kicking around. And this is the thing. This is the thing. Sequels, direct sequels to games that have a definitive ending that are made to justify a sequel always end up screwing up the continuity to to a place where the narrative itself doesn't make any sense. Well, and obviously, if they wanted to have all the characters together, why are you even saying 500 years after the end of the last game? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't know. Just justification. <laughs> yeah. Does the so I I, UK, I, I'm not European as crowd have anything? <laughs> oh, I'm going to take the same attitude I took into 13 2 and that I know it's always going to be bad, so I'm going to find it absolutely hilarious. <laughs> oh, see, that's a good attitude to have. Yeah, it worked well. <laughs> now, I, I agree with Trent on the fact that I thought the overall plot and characters of 13 could have been told well. Um, I didn't think it was a matter of, you know, a lot of games, and especially RPGs, kind of have cheesy, silly stories, and I thought that 13 was no exception to that. But I didn't like the encyclopedic way it was told and the fact that it was just kind of haphazard and everything. Well, there, there's this part of me that actually wants to sit down and do like a beat analysis of 13, because I'm pretty sure uh, you when you break it down scene by scene, it's like, characters wonder what their purpose is. Interruption by cops. Characters wonder what their yeah. purpose is lightning punches snow well well, what's really interesting about 13 is that it follows a very similar structure to final fantasy 10 which makes sense considering the production group behind it but what doesn't make sense is like with final fantasy 10 we had titus right Mm -hmm. we had to be the man someone who was unaccustomed to this world and anytime he heard something weird yeah. <laughs> Anytime he heard something weird, he was like, what does that mean? So there's no Tidus in Final Fantasy thirteen. I remember the first time playing the game, hitting, hearing things like Falci and Lucy and Seath 
and vestibule. And I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, what the hell does this all mean? So I found myself constantly jumping towards that goddamn glossary. And that's not how you properly tell a story. You're supposed to weave that into yeah. the narrative itself. Yeah. Uh, I'll, that, I'll have to say <laughs> that the, I think the biggest problem with the whole trilogy and one that is not, and I hate to even call it a trilogy, but it is um, Lightning Saga. And the thing that is the most painful about Lightning, Lightning Returns yeah. is Lightning. She is the biggest yeah. detriment to the game because she has no progression. The backstory where they show her in the flashbacks in 13, where she's like at the birthday party, worst birthday ever. Oh, she, you know, she like actually has some character in that. But once you get her into the main story, she's just kicking people around and trying to be cloud, you know, in female version. And I'd love to have a character that was as awesome as, you know, lightning, but with personality, they just tried to make her something that she isn't. And I don't know if, you know, I could really stand to, put up with her for a whole game the rest of the cast was much more interesting even vanille and hope well vanille is the one who has yep. a character arc as does hope yeah hope's yep. hope's arc is mostly him kind of being dumb hey, but hate him all you want they had development and she didn't and then in yeah. thirteen two, she is a goddess and what the crap but she's not she's like she's there for like eight percent of the game like people on go cover, on though. about how the lightning saga but she was okay in spite of being on the cover and yeah, in spite of being the opener and having her own dlc content that game was not about lightning that game exactly. was about sarah and noel and cool and 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 etro like and she happened to factor into the whole etro plot so ah just yeah I'd, i've never liked her character and there are a lot of apologists out there and i feel like a lot of of them are apologists because in their head this is one of the first female heroines in a final fantasy game because clearly they haven't played final fantasy 6 and they have to defend it you know or else it's not going to happen again well, I, I read a piece about star trek voyager that was arguing the same thing and i'm like did you actually watch trek voyager it was not very good it was not well written regardless of how many women and minorities there were on that boat yeah uh, you know yeah, Janeway was, was the best. Saws was by far the best character in the original 13, and he could have been the main character, and it would have been fantastic. No, the main character should have been the Chocobo that lives in Saws's hair. Well, he's the true star of the... Oh, yeah. (sighs) Okay, I've had enough. All right, so now that 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 rage is spinning down, let's spin up the Kingdom Hearts engine. What I'm we shutting got. up now. You all can talk on this one. I hate Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> no, I hate it too. And okay, this this is my beef: is every time people talk about this game, especially in game journalism, I sit back and and they go into these fanboy crazy like crossover fanfic scenarios, and I'm like, are we playing the same game? Because I would play a game where like Darth Vader and Buzz Lightyear get in a fight with lightsaber keys. And then but that, Squall jumps in and, you know, things like that. That would actually yeah. be interesting. Like, but that doesn't happen. You f- you just play a bunch of original characters fighting a bunch of original characters adjacent like- to licensed properties. Yeah. I liked the first game because it had a good blend of Disney and Final Fantasy and worked for me. After that, I, I write the rest of the series off. You all can, you can have it. It's fine. Enjoy it. I have no problems with it. Not for me. Yeah. See, I actually, I, I like the first game, and I, I like the second game actually a bit more. And I, I actually also really like Chain of Memories. 
Uh, and I was really good with those three. And then they started releasing them for the DS and then the PSP. And I bought them all. I was one of those assholes who bought every single one of the games. And I regretted every single one of the portable Kingdom Heart purchases. I get why some people dig it. The story has become way too convoluted. A lot of stuff like like you need you almost need a fax to understand what's happening at this point in the game. And well, it's that, there's drifted, a nice little like image laden summary <laughs> that yeah, Max that. has shared around where it's like yep. just this character, a portrait of this character does this thing with this guy. And you yep. go through it all and it's like it's three pages before you see a Disney character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it's it's moved away from being a game about uh, a kid with uh, a keyblade who meets Final Fantasy and Disney characters and Disney worlds to being this really like I'm I'm sure it's an interesting story but I just don't get it anymore there's too many bells and whistles and a lot of proper nouns that don't get uh, explained I'm, very well <laughs> so tired of RPGs having so many proper nouns <laughs> <laughs> I play multiple games at once. It's hard to keep track of everything. Does anybody like the Kingdom Hearts series here? I don't want to take Alex no. and John out of this. Are you all big fans? Do you love it? <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan. I I liked Kingdom Hearts 2 enough to buy it twice. Okay. I've never touched the series. You're probably not missing once? much. I have no intention of doing so. I'll tell you this much. The first game really did something special because I cared about meeting, you know, I, I grew up with the Disney movies they were showing, you know, Beauty and the Bees, Little Mermaid, stuff like that. I was a kid when those things were out. I grew up with Final Fantasy. I love the blending. I don't give a crap about Sora. I don't care about Riku. I don't care about the chick Nobody's in there in that I can't Heartless remember. Heartless and... Yeah, I don't care about any of the rest of those, Organization 13, any of that garbage. But in the first one, it was really cool because you met like, I remember one of the final stages, you meet Beast, and you're going to try to save the princesses. And, you know, there was actual depth to that story, you know, comparatively. It's a role-playing game. I'm just saying comparatively, comparative depth. But it was interesting. And then the second one just kind of fell all over itself. And then it just kind of stumbled from there. So I'm not looking forward to th three because I don't know where in the world they're going to take it, but I don't have high hopes. And it's interesting that they show off three, but don't really make a mention of, say, uh, the the Kingdom Hearts HD. Oh, yeah. 1.5. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 1.5. That in the past, though. You know, like, I, I, I'm going to buy it when it comes out. I saw it at PAX East, and it, it's looking pretty decent. It doesn't seem, like, the, outside of some graphical fixes, it doesn't seem like there's a lot more content attached to it. Yeah. And it hadn't been... Yeah, I don't know. The other stuff that's in there with it has no interest to me whatsoever, so I don't care about playing Rechain of Memories or watching all the cutscenes from 3, 5, 8, dash 2, dash 15 dumb, dumb name. months. And a, yeah, I know the name, I just don't want to say it. Um, but I, I actually would possibly replay the first one, because I, I thought it was fun. And Alex, I would I would recommend the first one to you. Stop after that, you'll be better off. It's a little like The Matrix. <laughs> yeah, oh, they never Spice made sequels to that. <laughs> Stop after the first; you'll be better off for it. <laughs> All uh. right, so, I mean, I played, um, I've played one, two, and Birth by Sleep, and I still really like two. I kind of don't. I care a lot less about the complexity of the story because generally, I've been able to keep up with it. Far. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't so much sleep, not being able to keep up with it as not caring. Yeah, no, I can understand that. 
Oh, I was just saying that Birth by Sleep is is like it's like Kingdom Hearts Zero. It's the best of the portable ones. It actually feels almost like a main entry. Mm-hmm. I have it, but haven't been bothered to play it yet. I haven't but... finished it. <sighs> okay. Right. Um, um, so... But I, I say I I picked up um I I picked up Kingdom Hearts Two on its original Japanese release because I was living in the country at the time. It came out literally just before Christmas in two thousand and five. Um, and then I picked it up again when the Final Mix version came out because one of my friends prodded me into doing so. And I kind of don't necessarily regret it because, well, for one, all the cutscenes are in English. Um, but also, it's really hard. It's like, out of all of the action RPGs I've played, it's probably one of the hardest. I, I specifically played the game on the hardest difficulty mode, uh, critical mode, whatever it's called. And it's hard. It's really hard. I was stuck on Scar in the Lion King world for months. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Kingdom Hearts. But it it could be good. They really the trailer really was just kind of well. It is a it, new it didn't team, show, right? It didn't show much of anything. It's the team that was behind the um, Birth by Sleep. Well, that's something. So the, the Asaka might, team might might shake off some of uh, the crud from two and all the PSP ones. Yeah, so there's good. Hope. Yeah, I know, I know that's gotten some people a bit upset though, because they expected Nomura's personal development team to be on that. But oh well, <laughs> you know what? Let, let's let Nomura shift, in, shift into more of an advisory role. Far, you know, maybe up one level from uh, the the stuff that is happening. On the plus side, this could say good things. It, I think it's somewhat indicative of uh, Final Fantasy XV's development because he said in interviews in the past that he wasn't even going to touch Kingdom Hearts three until like Final Fantasy, what is now Final Fantasy XV, is in the home stretch. Yeah. Okay, so where do we want to? You know what? Let's go somewhere exciting for our uh, for our fine Englishman. Uh, oh yes. Monolith Soft's X. Oh yes. <laughs> Because I dig giant robots, you dig giant robots. I dig giant robots. I don't give a crap about giant robots, but I love Monolith Soft. So hey, we all win. I love the I love the trailer for this game. It does look a little different. It doesn't look so much like Xenoblade Two as much as just another game set in that same style with similar combat. But it could be good. There's room for both. But this game is the game that will make me buy a Wii U if nothing else comes along beforehand and does it. Well, now that I have one for a bunch of Platinum games, I'll probably just add this to the list of things to order. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. The X, for lack of a better title, since they can't be bothered. I hate that's one of my biggest pet peeves about gaming announcements is when they just have some stupid working title. And no, they no, just... what, what bugs me is the announcements of announcements. Like, countdown well, to July 2nd for a real announcement. You mean yeah, uh, Square Enix's announcement at PlayStation 2013? <laughs> we will have announcements about Final Fantasy at Please E3. be excited. Please. <laughs> Please be excited. See, Mac and I don't like the temporary names because we have to deal with the database of making game pages. <laughs> it's like, dang it. Becky, hi. A wild female appears. <gasps> run away. Attack, command, run, run. Yeah, like, I know I'm late because I, like, totally had to go to the grocery store because I have to, like, feed my man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but... sure that's exactly why you buy groceries. Yeah, yeah actually, I went uh... there mostly to cash my paycheck, but... <laughs> 
I have to ask though, was were there any other Wii U games at all? Um, I, Cause I don't think so. I'm seeing the Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut, which is now PlayStation Wii, PC, <laughs> Mac, Xbox 360. Yeah, Ubisoft's official statement is until they ship more Wii U units, they're not even going to release anything specific to the platform, which makes sense from a business perspective. But I saw the game at PAX, and all the interesting features that the director's cut had were kind of tablet controller specific, you know? So I think, well, honestly, this is kind of a fanboy placating move where there's a lot of PC and and other console gamers who are like, but I want the boss fights to be better, too. Well, yeah, that's they also... a big thing. But also, I think they're making it smart glass and all that other crap compatible. So smart glass and Vita stuff. Yeah. adaptable and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. yeah, the Vita. That still exists, doesn't it? Hey, the Vita <laughs> is fantastic. It just doesn't get mainstream games. So It has Persona 4 Golden on it. It justified its existence. Love yep. the Vita. By the way, but... Persona, Persona 4 Golden for RPG of the Year 2013. I don't care that it came out last year. It came out this year here. <laughs> okay. It... It'll always that, that's be. very fair. I'm sure. I'm sure we can rig the voting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there. I guess we don't really have much else to talk about on the poor, poor, poor Wii U. It had some interesting Nintendo titles, but yeah. not really RPGs. I mean, I, I guess I went, by to title. The, I went to the Best Buy um, thing on Wednesday, and Mario Kart Eight looks fantastic, like just graphically. Mario okay. Kart 8, we've given up trying to be creative naming our games. That's what the subtitle should be. Well, you know what? There's a certain point where you're just like, you know what? Numbers are fine. <laughs> yeah, and then it's... Smash Brothers being called Smash Brothers 3DS and Smash Brothers Wii U. And, oh, that's just sad. But Smash Brothers, we put the Wii Fit Lady in for some unknown reason. Oh, that is the Yeah, what's going smartest... on there? That is the smartest move ever. That is awesome. I think that is the coolest thing ever to have the Wii Fit lady in there because they've had some of the best memes from her ever since she's been created. Like I saw one today that was like, it seems like your pulse count is, and then at the bottom is like, zero. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I thought the inclusion of Football Manager and Sega and All-Stars Racing was confusing, but that, that one I think definitely takes the cake. See, yeah, I, I am all in favor of when, when you're when you're just trying to fill a roster, grab one thing that doesn't fit at all. Football I, manager, the Shogun, We Fit Lady. We Fit Lady is awesome. That is the most creative idea I've seen out of Smash Bros. And honestly, I want her to call Mario obese. <laughs> yeah, or Wario. <laughs> gotta lose some weight. <laughs> Get to see her go up against Mega Man, you know, just all kinds of stuff. I might actually play thing. Smash Bros. I, my my brother was talking to me over the phone. He lives over where Becky does, and 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 he was like, "Did you see the new character?" And I was like, "Yeah, Mega Man. It's awesome." And he's like, "No, We Fit Girl." I was like, "We Fit has a girl." <laughs> trainer lady. Is this? <laughs> it's trainer lady. Yeah, but yeah, there wasn't much else on the Wii U. There were some good 3DS games though. There yeah. was a lot of 3DS games. Speaking of Pokemans. And I'll zone Becky, up this one too. Y'all Becky, can do Becky your Pokemon. Becky, just it, go for Pokemans because you're the one. Did Becky leave? Yeah, she wasn't that excited about Pokemans. <laughs> I can't believe Becky is. That, you heard it here. Becky is not interested in new Pokemans. Can't blame her. I wasn't interested in the original. Not interested in new ones. But at least it looks prettier, right? Little, little bit. 
Um, I would be. In- I, I'll Take tell you what. I'd be interested in new Pokemons, but you know, I'm gonna just broken record about the whole region lock. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is. Awful. I, I do not blame you. But I'm super I'll skip- excited. Hey, other than Pokemon, which I'm gonna keep calling it that because it's annoying to me too. I was actually impressed that uh, you know Manny is our Western RPG guy. He's not big on handheld games. He's not big on this other uh, a lot of JRPGs. But he really enjoyed Mario and Luigi Dream Team. And having been a big fan of the last one, Bowser's Inside Story for DS, I'm looking forward to this too. I love the Mario and Luigi games. They are fun stuff, and it even won him over somebody that's not a typical portable gamer or your standard you know eat up every jrpg that comes out and it sounds yeah. really interesting he has a great write-up on the site feel free to check that one out it's it took a while for me to warm up to the mario and luigi rpgs mm-hmm. um i feel like i don't know this is gonna sound kind of stupid but i feel like the rpg magic when it comes to mario and luigi left the paper mario series at the end of the thousand year door and magically transferred itself into the three into the ds games well, isn't it the same like the team from Thousand Year Door does the paper does the Mario and Luigi stuff now. Is that the story? Like uh, it, is this? It seems like it's got that same sort of sense of humor about it, yeah. like where they're willing to poke at their own. Uh... It's aware. Like it's somebody, aware. Somebody must have hired an editor that made them a little bit less verbose. Which is oh, Becky is here. We can talk about Pokemon. Oh yeah, like we introduced Pokemon, and I threw it to you, and then you weren't there. So oh, I'm sorry. There's hanging. gonna be some AFKs because I'm going out of town in two days for a week. That's all right. But Alpha Dream was the team that is making all the Mario and Luigi games. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Intelligent Systems is the one that did the Paper Mario series. So I don't think they're the exact same team, but I don't know about the inner workings of, you know, who's within who and who the developers were and who they moved to. But, you know, Intelligent Systems made those and Alpha Dreams made the others. But I've never really been a fan of the Paper Mario series, especially like the Super Paper Mario. I didn't, it was okay, but it was less RPG than anything. And Paper Mario Sticker Star was even less RPG-ish. But the I was so Mario and Luigi games are awesome. But, yeah. So those are good stuff. So Other do you good... want me to talk about? Yes, explain to, yeah. us, explain to us why new Pokemons are cool. Why we new should Pokemons care. New Pokemons are cool. Okay. Well, for one thing, it actually looks really good in motion if you saw the trailer that came out just now. Um, and it sounds like in general to me that they're really starting to put the Pokemon front and center in the game, which is cool. Um, the new sort of Poke Gotcha thing, like the new mini game, is you really interacting directly with the Pokemon, which is cool. And also, instead of just getting a bike all the time, you're also going to be riding Pokemon around, which is also cool. Um, and they may be, at least in part, replacing some of those ancient, ancient Game Boy chip sounds with new sounds. Uh, as you can hear uh, someone imitating on the mics there. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally, probably. I just call attention to it because I probably can't edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) As I've said on several occasions, I I was beginning to suspect that those chip sounds were like part of the Japanese national heritage or something, and they weren't allowed to replace them. Well, one more iteration, and they probably would have been. (laughs) Like, had this game been developed in Canada, they'd already have been considered part of our heritage around uh, probably Ruby. (laughs) Had this game been yeah, developed have in, an, in Japan by a guy who lived in Canada for two years, it would be part of our national heritage. Also true. 
Uh, anything else interesting about Pokemon? New no. There's a new Pokemon type. A new type. Yeah, there's Fairy type. Fairy. When, when they showed fairy that during the, uh, during the Nintendo Direct, I think we can all say we were all excited. Every one of us. Don't deny it. <laughs> well, it, it's something that throws an almost something new into the mix. <laughs> it's actually, it, uh, seems, it seems like there's a number of new things that they're doing. I think it'll be a little bit fresh. Not completely. There's still, you have to do the gym leader thing and the Elite Four, I'm sure. But, and, you know. the, and the plot and the actual story bits will be about how uh, Team Fill-in-the-Blank are going to steal, insert legendary here to accomplish goals. Oh. Keeping in mind that this is still a game that's intended for like the 8 to 16 year old audience. <laughs> it's for everyone. Nintendo says their games are for everyone. But yeah, you got to Nintendo's point a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Can we you talk heard about it here? Nintendo games are for children. Can we talk a little about my most anticipated 3DS RPG? Hit me. Using the RPG term loosely because we always have the debate on Zelda. And I'm not going to call it an RPG. I don't care. You know what? You can keep it, but we have to start. Adventure. You have to include games that play identically to Zelda to coverage, too. (sighs) We have been. Well, add Beyond Good and Evil and the second Harry Potter game, and I'll be happier. Tell you what, if Beyond Beyond Good and Evil 2 ever comes out, we'll add that. Fair. (laughs) My argument for consistency has been satisfied. (laughs) I am thrilled about A Link Between Worlds, the A Link to the Past's follow-up. I love Link to the Past, and I've been kind of hot and cold on a lot of Zelda titles since. Um, You know, Ocarina of Time didn't really hold up for me because I didn't really get engrossed in it until now. I'm actually playing it on 3DS and enjoying it a lot, where I didn't like it on N64. That's just my own portable bias. And Twilight Princess was fun. Wind Waker was fun. I liked both of those. Couldn't get into Skyward Sword. May try it again sometime. Phantom Hourglass was fun. Didn't get into Spirit Tracks. But I love Link to the Past. And I've heard some people say that, you know, the demos they've shown may be a little too close to the source material, maybe a little too a Link Zelda to the Past-y. A Zelda game that plays very similarly to another Zelda game. Well, and that's, you know, if they're saying that, then that must be really, really bad. Because, yeah. But uh, then again, more Link to the Past isn't exactly awful, though. No, no, not at all. Like, I, I mean, no one's going to dispute is, that that one isn't a classic. I've not been excited about a Zelda game in years. I've, I've played them and enjoyed some, but I've not been excited about one in years. And A Link Between Worlds, I really, really, really want Really? It's, it's interesting that you say, like, uh, some people are saying that it's a bit similar because uh, in a recent interview, the, the producer of the game said that he felt as though they had to do something different or the series would come to a halt. And in my head, I'm like, you're releasing kind of a parallel game to uh, A Link to the Past, as well as an HD remake of Wind Waker. What are you doing new and innovative right now? now well, how about one where you're, like, in feudal Japan and you're, like, a dog with drawing powers. Would that work? (laughs) Only if they put it on the PS3 and make it HD. (laughs) What they're doing is they're preparing us for the Wii U Zelda game that is going to be co-developed by FromSoft and going to be included like Dark Souls and is going to star, you're going to play as Zelda instead of Link. Yeah. Yeah. That that is exactly how far afield they are willing to go. (laughs) 
Yeah, that, that's the exact opposite of what Nintendo would do or what they would consider, you know, rethinking things. Maybe they'll have you start in a dungeon and then you go to the overworld. Ooh, ooh. think about that. Hey, the That'd next be... Zelda is supposed to be non-linear, whatever that means. Yeah, like the original, the very Here. first one. Maybe they'll yep. even use E3's favorite buzzword word, open world. Open world, uh, epic. Uh, uh, Everything's gonna be open world, whatever the heck that means. Hey, as a I guy who loves linear. exploration in his games, not totally opposed to having a few more open world titles. I think well, it's I'm not either. But... I think it's more like she said the buzzword use of the, the word open world, not so much the concept of overworld <laughs> or the pre- the technical implementation of it. Also, I think a lot of people are just really jazzed that there's actual RAM on the new consoles now, and I suspect we'll see some um, vision narrowing before the those all that generation of PS4, Xbox One games comes out. Yeah, it's usually what happens after the first year of a system's lifespan. They're like, "Well, maybe we should scale things back," and then everyone else is like, "Yeah, let's do that." (laughs) (laughs) And then a whole bunch of new. animation tools come out and it's like let's play with all of these production budgets be damned we'll blame well the fan base will blame the publisher anyhow (laughs) we'll blame the console market (laughs) use games that's the problem use oh god sorry (laughs) no Uh, but yeah that's were there any other 3ds games you all were excited about interested Um, in i know smt4 SMT4 is awesome. I just I don't think of that one because it's so close and it's already out in Japan. But yeah, looking forward to that too. And the they announced uh, uh, Etrian Odyssey Untold, it's, Millennium yeah. Girl, the new Etrian Odyssey one remake with an actual story instead of create your own characters. Could be interesting, maybe. Assuming Index oh, oh. Incorporated doesn't oh. get shut down by the. Laws they've apparently possibly been breaking in Japan. It's just a little. It's just a little tax fraud. They'll be fine. Yeah, they've got an SMT game coming out. They can pay their fines. (laughs) Hope so. Uh, Actually, speaking of the the Wii U, I I know that we already kind of moved away, but uh, there is one game that I kind of forgot about, and it's a it's an indie title too. Two Brothers. Yes. Oh yeah. They released some new screens for that. Yeah. So I I had the opportunity of this explain. Okay, uh, Two Brothers is a it, it's an RPG created in in the style the aesthetic of of like a original Game Boy game, and and it looks very like a uh, classic Game Boy esque. But somewhere along the line, they discover colors, which, as you would imagine, kind of affects the way the game looks and plays, and and that's what they use for kind of a puzzle solving element too. In terms of gameplay, it's kind of similar to a traditional Zelda title. Or, but the graphics are are somewhat re- reminiscent of like a sort of mana or secret of mana, and it's a it's an indie title that's being brought to the Wii U by an indie developer uh, called Axe Studios, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, really nice guys. It's actually two brothers that developed the game as well. <laughs> to be a bit on the nose, but it's a game that I'm actually kind of really looking forward to. Yeah, yeah when it's I learned about out. it, I actually was was pretty interested too. It looks like it's a lot deeper than some of the. Uh, Indie games that come out that are just like we're retro because we have a guy who can't do graphics. Or we're art. Or how about yet another art, rd two D platformer? Yeah. I will release that game by the way, just that yeah. title. And you know what? It's not going to be rd two D or a platformer. That a boy. Well, that's Waste the cool thing about time. about this one. Is it actually hits PC and Mac and Linux this summer, and it'll hit Wii U next year. Yeah. So. 
But yeah, interesting stuff. Lots of good indie stuff. And if you wanted to talk more about some indie games, there was Dragon Fantasy Book 2 on the Vita and PS3 that was available that Emmanuel actually was able to play. Exciting. Uh, if you wanted to move to that for a second. I don't know. Um, you you, you got, have transitioned. I'm not going to step on it more than once an episode. He got to try out ship-to-ship <laughs> -ship combat where, you know, you get to see the battle or you get to see the health of your ships and your enemy ship and you get to go load cannonballs, kind of a la Dragon Quest, Heroes, Rocket Slime. Anyone? Anyone a Rocket Slime fan here or is it just me? Raise I think your it's hand. just you. God, I love Rocket <laughs> Slime. That's what it reminds me of hearing <laughs> about this, you know. <laughs> less quirky things like that but still you know i'm looking forward to this they released a combat trailer and i am just in love with indie stuff right now because it is so able to be creative and break out of the box and not just do the same old same old play it safe stuff and it's one of the actual places that we're actually getting portable rpgs anymore because western developers don't make handheld rpgs they just do ios spin-off crap yeah. And we don't get a whole lot of localized stuff other than companies like Exceed bringing over smaller titles and access and you know, game. A lot more with, uh, with the PlayStation Mobile Initiative where people are able to kind of publish their own stuff on uh, PlayStation devices. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm actually really excited for that. It, 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 I'm so excited even that at times I kind of want to say to our forum goers, you know, just make your own game. <laughs> <laughs> Like how this game is playing out, you can make your own now. <laughs> yeah, we had um, a lot no, of No, we won't things. cover your Kickstarter. <laughs> um, yeah, the Indie Corner that I started a couple months ago and that I've got another episode or issue of coming up soon, I've talked to a lot of the developers, and I know um, Ben Grew, that's part of um, uh, Red, Red Brothers Games, yeah. that's doing um, Sully, a very serious RPG. You know, they're going to be part of the psm for playstation um playstation mobile uh, yeah. they're getting their game on there and hopefully we'll be highlighted and stuff for that so um just lots of interesting things that's going on so i, I love the whole indie scene right now and it seems like at e3 there were a lot of there weren't as many there as there were at pax but you know there's still a whole lot going on and you know pax prime's coming up i'm sure we'll get to see more from that but it was nice to see that dragon fantasy book 2 you know is you know was playable at e3 in sony's booth you know they're yep. highlighting that kind of stuff it's great fantastic to see that kind of stuff it was, and it was if, really nice i'm oh, sorry no i was just gonna say go watch the combat trailer if you haven't because this is the first one they've actually shown off the true combat on and looks fun that's all yeah okay go ahead <laughs> oh no i was just gonna say I, it was nice to see sony actually reserve a portion of their conference time to dedicate towards indie titles it really marks quite a shift because for the longest time uh like xbox live indie was kind of the place to be if you wanted to get your stuff on a home console and uh with xna being phased out and uh the xbox to one not to be replaced with something worse i had no doubt <laughs> the xbox one not looking tremendously uh indie friendly-ish um it's it's really exciting to see uh, sony saying not only we will host indies but we're really excited to host indies. yeah um, one, microsoft one did it because that... sorry microsoft did it just because it was easy they could let them do it on their own and didn't have to touch it so yeah, yeah. like go ahead 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they just let them do their own thing. And it was kind of hands off, which I guess is kind of a strategy that Sony is co-opting. But they seem a lot more excited about the the prospects that are there for indie titles. Uh, One of the titles that was shown off at E3, I'm not sure if we have an impression of it or not, um, but I got to check it out at PAX was uh, Transistor from Supergiant. Well, Transistor is coming out on many things and it will have as much money as it wants. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> there's lots I'm of really silly excited. stuff I, I i expect you know we did hear transistors now going to be on ps4 and pc but i expect you know they're i wouldn't put it past them to do a vita version as well because there's they're really pushing a lot of the vita t- indie titles on vita um yeah i know we've already talked about a few but transistor to build uh the vita library yeah see that's While the thing also it's... like eating into some of the stuff so, a certain sort of cachet that that uh, device gaming has yeah yeah and that's the thing is you know the vita has some interesting rpgs if you're an rp gamer you know you've got dragon's crown coming out you've got muramasa coming out you've got ease cell, uh memories of Celsetta uh, coming out you've got a hollow knights 3 coming out um i'll skip over that one you know <laughs> those are the box games you see but there's tons of indie stuff coming out well you know that's going to be out there too it's just you know it's cool it's people want to bash on the vita so it has no games more power to you they're in the retail stores totally with you but they're getting a lot of good indie stuff and it's filling a good gap between the free ios stuff and the huge 60 dollar console market so i'm all for it and you know like you were saying about transistor i really really hope we get to see that on Vita. Well, like again bastion is a game i have two copies of we'll see how many copies of transistor i end up with yeah uh, i actually have <laughs> and, and a t-shirt <laughs> transistor t-shirt uh, uh no yeah. bastion I have a transistor oh, bag. Yeah, I love Bastion and yeah, good stuff. Transistor good stuff. looks really cool. Mm-hmm. It's not going to sound tremendously professional, but like we we played the game. Me me and Mike Apps played the game, and uh, we interviewed the guys who are just really amazing people, um, and no longer are working out of their parents' house, which is good for them. <laughs> and uh i literally went from doing the interview to like moving a couple steps away and buying a whole bunch of swag from their booth and then turning back to them and being like will you sign this (laughs) (laughs) well it it, you know what you have if you get good at switching from you know hey i'm just here to talk to you guys and be super switching from professional press to to being a fanboy yeah just being a fan who's enthusiastic is a good thing But also on Vita, yep. we have Destiny of Spirits. Oh, what yeah. is this free thing? to play? Oh man, these free to play games are kind of hit and miss for me because on one end, I like the idea that they're starting to do more things because the free to play games can really help build a fan base. But I'm not necessarily super interested in this. It looks kind of like a yeah. I don't know. I'm not. Destiny of Spirits was nothing I was interested in. I'll just be honest. I love the Vita, but I don't have any interest in this game whatsoever. Yeah, the trailer didn't sell me in the slightest. Yeah. As as one of the few Vita owners, Alex, you and I, we can say, interested? No, no. Well, I'm now watching the trailer as we're going, and I'm just like, yep, this this, this sure is some stuff on a screen. Yeah, stick yeah. with the cool indie stuff. I like that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, like, they all, all the little character, the avatars, they all look really individually pretty, but it's not like the presentation behind them is monumental, you know? It doesn't yeah, feel yeah. like an ogre back. <laughs> no. 
And, like, and they're, they're hey, calling it a tactical game, but all I see are dudes lined up and attack animations. Yeah. And hey, it could be fun. Well, I'm I'm just you know no hype for it for me. But you know what? There is hype for some <laughs> of this gen stuff, like the South Park game, and you know that looks kind of interesting. Still, it's just like, the delay I, I... is kind of killing the hype for it. I think. Well, I I gotta love the end of the trailer where you know Cartman comes out. It's like you know. Or some holiday season. You know how video games are. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that that one looks good. But I look, I've just recently got back into Dark Souls. I loved Demon Souls. I loved it when it first came out. Played it to death. Didn't think I would like it at all because I hate games that are, like, brutal for the sake of being brutal. And for some reason, Demon Souls just didn't feel like that to me. It clicked with me. It wasn't hard for the sake of being hard. You didn't lose progress. You lost. You could lose, you know, the souls, which counted as your money and experience. But if you learned how to spend them, what to do, you wouldn't ever lose any actual progress in the game. And Dark Souls, I kind of played a little bit, and I guess it was just a little too soon for me to get into it first. But I'm back into it now, and I really, really am excited for Dark Souls 2. And next gen screw you i don't care keep it on playstation 3 if you have to port it to ps4 that'd be awesome that'd be even better but i want dark souls 2 it's interesting hearing michael say this because as soon as i bought my ps3 i heard pretty much those exact words in tweet form over the course of about 12 tweets about (laughs) because i i I, of course asked for those like what should i get for my ps3 and he's like demon souls and I was like, I don't know. I don't like Atlas hard games. And he's like, but it's not hard for the sake of being hard. And then yeah. he went into the... Yeah. It, it yeah. truly is. Well, I bought and the game. Did, did you buy it? I did buy it. I haven't played it yet, but I did pick okay. it up. It's well, really cheap to buy now. Yeah. They had it it's for like free bucks. on PlayStation yeah. Plus for a while. I'm not sure if it's still there or not, but it was free for there. But... Uh, Emmanuel went and did a demo. He'd never played any of the Souls games, and he went and did a demo of Dark Souls 2. And they were, you know, they were like, yeah, this game's hard, and we've got this boss here that, you know, if anybody beats it, you're going to get a special shirt. And come Wednesday, they hadn't given out a single shirt. (laughs) Um, Apparently, there was somebody walking around with a shirt, so somebody did get to actually buy the game, or did uh, buy the game. Somebody did actually get to beat the boss. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's a game... And I really need to just break down and write write something about this. But it's a game you have to just have patience with, kind of learn what it's asking you to do. And then you realize, hey, this really isn't that hard. You know, some of the Atlas games that they've put out have been hard because they're trying to say, you know, we're going to we're going to bend you over and spank you and teach you what's going on here. And if you haven't learned, you're going to suffer for it. Demon Souls, Dark Souls, they don't do that. They give you enough rope to hang yourself and then send you out there in a minefield with all the weapons you need to be able to navigate that minefield and not hang yourself. And when you do hang yourself, you know what? The shortcut that you opened still opened. The uh, ladder you kicked down that's going to take you to this other area that you couldn't get to before, still there. The treasure chest that you, you know, ran to and, you know, had 300 enemies behind uh, you never have 300 enemies but you know you were being chased by these two brutal lizard creatures but you still ran and you got the chest and you got the treasure out still have it in your inventory that kind of stuff is what makes it good you don't lose that progress you don't lose your progression it's like an iceberg or i guess yeah it really is an iceberg not an ice sculpture like an iceberg you're slowly chipping away at and eventually you get to the inner of the thing and it's like a sweet little delicious candy land of death 
and mayhem and murder. And it's fantastic. And I can't wait for the second one, which is technically the third game. But that's enough Dark Souls. I just wanted to gush for a bit. <sighs> Anybody interested in Diablo 3 coming to consoles? I've I already got for, my copy of Diablo 3 free, and I kind of don't care. Yeah, I think it'll. I never played it on PC. I'll give it a shot. I've heard it controls actually really well with a controller, but I don't play those type of games generally. And I don't. I think maybe being on a console would help, but probably won't I, make I don't think, any difference. I, I don't think I want to have to figure out how to click on loot with triggers or a stick. Yeah, they said they found a good way to balance that out, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um. I guess before we move into, well, no, I don't know. I guess that is next. Everything else we've got is kind of next gen. Well, no, there's one last uh, current gen. There's a couple still current gen titles. We've got a uh, Dragon Age 3. Oh, that one, yeah, it's cross gen. So, yes, Dragon Age Inquisition now. It's no longer Dragon Age 3. No, it's been Inquisition for, I think, a year. Well, they dropped the 3 out of it. It used to be Dragon Age 3 Inquisition. Now it's just Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah, tell me that makes sense. Eh, you know, I, I think, again, some people like numbers, like Nintendo, and some people are like, you know what, numbers aren't cool. Yeah, I was really hoping for more from this, and, the, they, you know, the trailer was cool and all, but I'd kind of like to see the game. My uh, money still says uh, David Gator bails on Bioware after this game's out. Surprised he's still there now. I think he honestly wanted to finish Dragon Age because that was the first that that this is the series where he was the lead writer from Jump, yeah. as opposed to sh- having to share it with Drew. Yeah, yeah. I I think um, Dragon Age Two would have been much better had he shared it more with Drew. <laughs> well, I, that there's also 17 months. Yeah, there was a lot wrong with Dragon Age Two, and you know, wasn't the deathly horrible game it just wasn't near as good as the first in a lot of ways and some of the things they did to make it better that some people will give it props for weren't necessarily as well received by everybody so well and i'm I hope still excited some of those stick around for three i'm interested to see uh what comes back like there was a blinking you miss it cameo by varick and i'm like well my dwarf man's there i know <laughs> there i know there's something keeping me around it was like the best thing that was in dragon age 2 well, I, I wish yep. they'd made him, like, had his narrator role played up. Like, almost yeah. gone, like, Prince of Persia with it, where it's like, and then Hawk died horribly. Really? No. <laughs> yeah, Not. they had one or two cool parts they did with it, and yeah. then they kind of forgot about it. Like, they they remembered it, like, twice. I hope Cassandra comes back, because even though she really didn't have a big major part in it, I did like the whole idea of the Seeker, and she had a cool character design, and See, I know I, she's I know I, she's been shown. But I was I excited like... for more Cassandra, and then I watched the movie, and now I'm like, you know what, maybe not so much Cassandra. Why did you watch the movie? Because I got it for free. I'm still not sure that's an excuse. Yeah. No. Well, Sam fell asleep and left, so you know, that that should have been my first clue. Yeah. But it's cross-gen. That's kind of interesting. It'll hit PS3 and 4 and Xbox 360 and Xbone. So and your PCs, that's... but not your Macs for some time. Well, yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, but yeah, those are interesting. What else? Was was there anything else? I know the um, Tales of Symphonia Chronicles re- HD remake and the Tales of Zillia will be out soon. Um, those were there, but well, Chronicles wait, was this, will be out wait, soon. Was, I was going to say, was the Chronicles there? Like, really, yeah, it's more of an announce. 
it was announced around it, and they gave some E3 screenshots from it, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't really part of the... Did, is, Bamkai, is Bamco even on the floor at E3? Yeah. Well, okay. they, had a, they had a room or something, they had a meeting room where they had demos of stuff, because they're the ones doing Dark Souls too. Okay. And you know, somebody's got to be there to hawk Naruto, ship it in. Yeah. Wait, I thought I thought Nero, I thought uh, Ubisoft was doing Naruto games, <laughs> or was that only the one? I don't. I think it was just the one because Namco's Twitter account Namco. floods me with Naruto stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. I don't. Yeah. Don't. Every time I go to their press releases page to look for tail stuff, it's all about Naruto. Mystic Chronicles is coming for PSP too. I just wanted to say that Natsume oh, is yeah. bringing that out. Yeah, it's me just, and Sam were talking about that earlier. PSP right. game. Um, Woohoo! Also, current gen um, hometown story cares. Yes, no. You know, as one of the superpower harvest moon duo on staff, the character's design in that game creeps me out. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna it's comment. Kind of, it's kind of ruining any desire I might have to play it. Yeah. Ah, oh, can we jump into next gen? Well, we um, is there stuff? anything else? Uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online? Is it's that next what, gen. That's next gen? Let's well, go there. Well, Van Helsing 2 is anything, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, Van Helsing 2 just kind of got randomly tossed out there during E3, too. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't at E3, but it was announced during it. Well, it, it's interesting that they're ready to announce a sequel so soon. Yeah, like three weeks after the game released? Two weeks, something like that? Yeah, I'm not but, too surprised. Alex said it was looking like maybe a trilogy. I think that's what I saw when I was doing research around writing the review, and gotcha. the end and the ending of the first was very much there is more, a little open ended. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, quite blatantly open ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was fun. So that should be interesting. Yeah. Elder Scrolls Online. Anyone interested? Anyone? I'm interested. I, I was really pleased to see that it's getting a console release now. Well, yeah. Well, there's this part of me that I have always played basically everything everything Bethesda releases is a solitary experience to me. Like I don't even bring companions along. Yeah. And like when I have a mission with other people, I'm like you are ruining this for me other people. Can I stab you? No. Oh. oh. You Sometimes we don't have to. I got to play. I went there last October when they were first demoing like an alpha version of it and got to play for like 4 hours through the first three or four zones of the game and played totally solo. was kind of interesting. I can still say it was very MMO-like at the time. And, you know, it was a really interesting world. There were lots of things to it. And I got to sit down and talk with Nick Conkle, the, um, I think, Trent, was he the lead gameplay designer? He's the uh, lead uh, gameplay designer, yeah. That's exactly okay. it. Um, yeah. I got to sit down and talk with him. We did a one-on-one -on -one interview, and uh, I shared some of the stuff in the impression that I wrote up. Um, but he was really, really open to feedback from everybody that was there because a lot of us were saying, and me especially, were saying, you know, it really feels kind of still too MMO-ish, too safe, too, you know, too by the book. It just felt too straightforward and there wasn't anything interesting to it and i gave him some tips and feedback and all that and trent you said you talked with him again at pax east 
I did. I got to play the game at PAX East, and to me, it felt almost exactly like Skyrim. Almost exactly like Skyrim. And um, I was talking to him, and he said, as I was going out the door, he's like, and you work for, for RPG Gamer, right? And I was like, yeah. He's oh, like, RPG Gamer. Yeah. Are you sorry? <laughs> you know, Mac, just buy that URL too. Uh, no, I don't. I don't own any of them anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, sorry. You work for RP Gamer. You were saying what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was saying. And that's exactly what I say whenever people ask me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I, I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, so you work with Mike, right? And I was like, yeah. He's he's like, you know, he gave us a bunch of suggestions in the fall, and we actually implemented a lot of them. <laughs> so I thought that game... was the cutest thing. Ah, yeah. well, for better or worse, Mac had a <laughs> a certain effect on Elder Scrolls Online. I hope so. <laughs> we'll be sure to post his personal home address on the forums when the haters start hating. <laughs> yeah, if you hate well, it, it, that's awesome. At least it's starting to look more like an Elder Scrolls, just in terms of environments, because those early screenshots were uh, perhaps a little yeah. too stylized for uh, the rest of the series. Yeah, and I, I can't I... speak. Go ahead. No, I just I just say like I when I checked it out, like everything from the way that things were mapped to the story that was being implemented to the fact that all the NPCs were fully voiced and the combat, everything just felt like a console based Elder Scrolls game. And I and I get that previous Elder Scrolls games were also on PC, but it felt like a, a core title. It didn't feel like a spin off that happened to be online. Yeah, there's One there thing. is a, a problem with all of the NPCs being voiced, though, which which I think we're starting to see in Guild Wars 2, which is the post launch support. I think it gets a lot more difficult to add combat content when you've um, got to call up voice actors again. Yeah, when when you've dedicated yourself to to doing that, which it, well, it can be uh, tricky. They, they, this they, this region has been struck by a spell of silence by an evil wizard. They communicate <laughs> through hand gestures. That's one way around it. Uh, but yeah, that's good that's for what... one town and no others. I'm not going to sit here and you know take credit for anything they did in this. All I told them when they were designing this is that initially going through like four hours of progression, I didn't feel like I was going anywhere with the class they gave, and that you know they were talking about how they were wanting to balance skills and you know not make it you know since they couldn't do it just like Skyrim but they wanted to give it a Skyrim feel. I was like, well, you've got to give us some way to totally be who we want to be because that's what you do in Skyrim. You don't go out and, you know, you may pick a class, but you can do, you know, you do whatever because but, you make you your own. you still have 15 points of illusion magic. Yeah, you can <laughs> do you whatever you want. Whatever you want in that area. And that's one of the things that I was telling them is, you know, they've got to really be able to define what they're doing in that. And I have no idea if they did or didn't or really even listened to me or were just telling Trent, you know, hey, we, you know, we, we talked everything Michael said. But, you know, hopefully it's for the better because it, it was interesting. It was fun. It did feel a little like Elder Scrolls, but it felt way more like an MMO. And that was the one thing that I told him there. And maybe they fixed it. Well, but next-gen on consoles sounds interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, also interesting, uh, Witcher 3. Oh, yeah. Which will not open be available. World. Open world. Buzzword. You can have sex with all the women. But can oh, you have sex yes. with that mermaid I saw in the trailer? Cause of course you can. So. Okay, yeah, good. That's a silly question. <laughs> I'm, I'm not answering from any knowledge whatsoever. But of course, it, it, it has boobs. It must be done. Oh, yeah. Um, 
generally, yeah. I'm actually not that interested in Witcher 3, but if they pull it off right, it gives me hope that Cyberpunk 2077 will kick ass. Well, I mean, these yeah. guys, like... excited for that game. Oh. It's actually the exciting the thing, and they have nothing to show for that yet. Yeah. I, I, I the trailer. Oh, oh, and that trailer has gotten me on to a new band, too. <laughs> well, it's interesting, because uh, right after that trailer dropped, um, the, the guys who publish uh, the original Cyberpunk tabletop game started doing stuff again. So I'm like, wait, Mike Mon- Pondsmith isn't dead? <laughs> yeah, the, the, I noticed that they put a Kickstarter up for Mechton Zero. Yes. Like, I should probably give money to. Well, you well, get a T-shirt out of it, man. Yeah. I'll say well, I'll say this: the the European RPGs that are coming out nowadays are looking awesome. They're looking just fantastic. Well, and the, like if, there there are some that look awesome, and then there I keep seeing these well, piles and piles of German ones on Steam, and I'm like, yeah, I have well, less hope for Europe than I previously thought. Yeah, I'm talking about the big stuff, you know, like Cyberpunk, Witcher 3, uh, Lords of the Fallen, which I'll talk about in a second. But the one thing, the one thing I really would just love to go over and tell these people is your games are looking fantastic. They've looked fantastic for years. Please, for the love of God, get your UI up to par to where your game feels and plays fun (laughs) you know you're doing fantastic things you've got great ideas your stories are great your games look great the ideas you have there are great but implement them in a way where the controls don't feel awful and where you know the menus aren't totally ridiculous please that's the only thing i want (laughs) because witcher 2 i only played it on the 360 but it was fun but the combat was just so cumbersome at times clunky that's what all of them kind of feel like it's just a little bit of clunk that if they could just get over that barrier, they would dominate because they're cranking these things out like crazy. Now, they're putting is that Western developers to shame. Xbox One or no, no, they just—it's sh- it, on everything. It's just uh, Xbox got to show it off first. Yep. Yeah, and actually, uh, after they after this is a fun one. After they pulled the um, CD Projekt guys on stage at the Xbox conference, they found out several days later that, that Poland uh, that will not be allowed Poland's to play not going to play Xbox it for one a year. <laughs> so yeah. like, we were not aware that, that we could not that? play the Xbox One in our own country. Oh my! Yeah. This is, uh, the Xbox One has just been such a friggin' PR nightmare. Oh my god! Well, it's not like their PR teams even trying. Well, what can they do? Their hands are bound by stupid design decisions. Well, yeah, well they could say, hey, uh, things other than a, too bad. Internet dependent. <laughs> yeah. But, Deal with it. Uh, no, uh, but well, but getting... that, that's what Xbox is saying right now. Buy an Xbox yeah. 360 if you don't want to play with internet. I bet that guy is pissed that he got fired. Yeah, considering oh. everything else. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The um, one thing that I think is really cool that's come out of the European scene, though, is the former CD Projekt Red dev, Thomas Glaup, that I, I can't, I don't know if I just butchered his name or not, probably. Yeah, Thomas Glaup, um, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, his new project that was called Project RPG, Lords of the Fallen, that looks awesome. That looks so cool. And it's they're touting it as like Dark Souls inspired and Borderlands inspired. That's an interesting blend. Yeah. Apparently they've got boss characters that are like more than just, you know, HP dumb. A pile of hit points. Yes. And one sheep attacked. Yeah. But you know, whether that's true or not to be seen, but it looks gorgeous. One of the next gen games gonna be on all the next gen stuff, you know. It 
I'm, I'm looking forward to so many of these European RPGs, and I just really hope uh, they pan out, you know. It's 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 a it's a crapshoot. You never quite yeah. know until it comes out. Like there's this part of me know. that wants to buy Dark the Vampire Stealth game, and I'm like, I don't trust you, Germany. Yeah, we've, it, it we've still got cool. we've well, still got um, Witcher well, three and uh, the Lords of the Fallen impressions coming. Apparently, a couple of the demos might have had a little technical issues, but they were still interesting stuff. And Manny's still working on impressions for those, so they may even be up by the time this podcast is up. Considering how well The Witcher 2 did um, the branching storyline paths, I figure if they're going to try open world and still have all that story there, you know, they just might be able to pull it off. It'll be really interesting to see. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care as much about combat systems. I just play on easy because I'm I I play The Witcher definitely for for the story and for all the choices that you make. I played Witcher 2 on Easy 2, and it was still clunky. <laughs> well, yeah, it was clunky, but it was easy. So but didn't you didn't die. Uh, I'm not. You you know me. I'm not the big like. Well, if there's a really awesome combat system, I love it. But if the combat system is eh, I'm like yeah, no big. Yeah. As long as I like the rest of the game, I'm good. Yeah. I'm like the anti-Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so the division. And I, I gotta say this: this is the first time I've been in, interested in the Tom Clancy game brand since Splinter Cell. Yeah, like the original. Yeah, what surprised me is this is actually the second time Tom Clancy's appeared in an RP gamer. <laughs> in in qu- rather quick su- succession, when you think about it. The um, oh, Shadow... Yeah, was, wasn't there a, a 3DS game that was actually yes. pretty decent? Yeah. Oh, Ghost it Recon. was good. It was Ghost Recon Shadow... Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Shadow Wars, and it was like light, Fire Emblem light, and it was really fun. I mean, it wasn't outstanding, like knock your socks off, but it was fun. And I still want to know how Tom Clancy The Division is an rpg i know it's an mmo shooter kind of like it looked a lot like destiny you know yeah. bungie's destiny and lots of other stuff like planet side 2 and like uh what was the other defiance you know there's well, lots of these you, you are going to have a great big list of skills that you could apparently choose from and swap on the fly so that's a little bit rpg-ish yeah I mean, I guess it it does look more so. You know, there's XP and stuff in there too. And the combat looks a little bit more tech, tactical. Like it didn't look like it was super super twitchy. Yeah, I'm not that, getting that's into something the, what that is, is part RPG of debate. um that that's part of the Tom Clancy brand. Well, that they are bit... that the combat is less twitchy than uh, certain other um, modern military games. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it does look interesting. I'll say that for it... sure. The only concern I have of it is it looks like one of those that was going to be really interesting for the first bit, but could quite quickly fall away. Yeah. Just get samey. So, to see how they deal with that. Yeah, yeah, it depends on how many interesting things and events they've done in the world, because it sounds like a lot of it's going to be um, dynamically sort of emergent stuff is going to happen. So, that can definitely get samey if, if you don't put at least a few scripted things in here and there. Yeah. Um. Apparently there's also, and I don't know if it's next-gen or not, but Axis announced a new game called Magus, and it's apparently a Japanese-developed game, but the Japanese studio is claiming to be a Western studio, so possibly, you know, a Japanese take on a Western-style game, too. I don't know. I don't know what system it's for. It wasn't announced for that. I 
thought I heard somebody saying that it might have been a PS3 game, but maybe next yeah. gen. I don't really know. So there's. Well, I, was, you know, I was looking for stuff about the developer, and I thought that was created like March 20, last year, I think. Yeah, from what I've it heard, says they came into existence at any rate. They're a branch off of Acquire, uh, the developers of like Class of Heroes and a few other you know well, Japanese that, games. That's just a ringing, ringing confidence right there. Because <laughs> Class of Heroes, when I think of that, I think Western game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know that that is just the Wizardry. pulse of the American gamer. You do think Wizardry? No, yeah, but I have played we... Wizardry and I have played Class of Heroes. I don't think Wizardry when I think Class of well, Heroes. Well, Wizardry okay. got adopted by Japan and got forgotten by the West. So yeah, Wizardry, like the ones I didn't play from way back in the Stone Ages, got got adopted by Japan, and then Wizardry moved on to become a good series. Yeah, and who knows? I don't, I don't know anything about this one, and I don't know. Yeah, for sure the, the, that's only, the only answer there is is that it's Unreal Three Engine, and that's it. Oh yeah, then it's so it, that means probably, that's probably current. Could be next gen, current gen still. One of those last stragglers out of the PS3 library. Yeah. So I have gone through my checklist of stuff I know we have. What What's next? Well, as far as next gen stuff or things we missed, there's really not a whole lot. Um, that's and that's one thing that Manny kind of reported back to us is that. There was a lot of talk about RPGs. There was a lot of RPGs that will be out in the next couple months, but there wasn't a lot of playable stuff because a lot of stuff has moved to next year. There's lots of things. I really think next year is looking like a really impressive year for role-playing games because, um, you know, we've got things. They had things on the show like the Atelier Maruru Plus for Vita. It's coming. Um, Ease, Celsetta is coming. You know, some interesting stuff like that. Um uh, the Disgaea 2 is coming. You know, a lot of the Kickstarter games are coming. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot really shown there. It was more about the new consoles and the new features of these consoles. And, you know. And it always takes a few years after. The, after new consoles launch for RPGs to really start coming out for them just because RPGs are hard to develop. Yeah, that, yeah. There, there's a bit more lead time and. Uh... So this gives all of our listeners a chance to uh, knock a few things off the backlogs in a year. Oh, yeah. don't even talk about my backlog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not even talking about yours. I mean, mine is almost manageable. I, I could probably I clear like every out one of the staff members, most of the community could go at, on at length about how terrifying their backlog is. <laughs> when you yeah. take RPGs that seriously, considering how long each one takes to complete, it's hard not to have a massive backlog. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's still some interesting stuff coming this year. And as far as E3 goes, it really did seem to be a, a big focus on you know Microsoft versus Sony and the Xbone and how hard it could fail, and PlayStation and how hard they could try to hit Sony where it hurts while they're down. And both of them seem to be successful in a failing and b kicking them while they're down. And well, you, you gotta was... love someone at uh, PR or marketing for Sony. It's like, and here's our instructional video on how to share games. That there you go. <laughs> I have I have zero proof of it, but that just reeks of Aram Jabari. I just I want to hit him up now that he's at Sony and just say, was that your idea? Because that sounds like something he would do back when he was at Atlas, and <laughs> I would not put it past him. Well, to have honestly, done that. like. Uh, Trading a game for the X-Bone sounds like applying for unemployment insurance in Britain. 
<laughs> yeah, and there's lots of people that are sitting and say that, um, you know, Sony's going to do the same thing. Sony's going to have the same thing. Oh, Sony's take on used games saying that publishers can do DRM if they want to. People saying that it's just kind of ridiculous and it just reeks of fear more than anything because them coming out and saying that so hardcore and then changing their mind would be awful. But there's a big difference between that and what they're doing with allowing publishers to do that is exactly what they're doing with the PS3. You know, publishers can can implement some kind of DRM. Or your, or your online passes, which yeah. even EA has backed away from. And, you know, it says that Sony is disallowing online passes on the PS4. Uh, they've come out and said, uh, Gamasutra got a quote from them that said, we're ready, you know, we're already come out to say that they're not going to allow online passes. Uh, with PS Plus now charging for online play, uh, they don't want any publisher to charge. So, you know, they're never going to be able to tell. I'm, I'm continuing to quote Kamasutra here roughly. I said, you know, we can't tell EA or exact Activision exactly what to do, but we're trying to set a precedent here to be consumer-friendly, retailer-friendly, publisher-friendly, and that, you know, they really don't see how any publisher would step forward and say, well, Sony's doing such a good job of, you know, keeping things DRM-free and, you know, getting such good positivity out of the user base and consumers but we're going to screw them by putting DRM into air use games. So there's the side of the crowd that is sitting and saying, oh, well, of course publishers are going to do that. How can you think they won't? You know, Microsoft's doing it. Of course they'll want to do it. And then there's the others that are like, well, Sony's coming out and say they're not. So who's going to be the publisher that's going to step up and say, yeah, we want to be a jerk. I mean, EA, but still. Well, I think competition is going to be what uh, gives us something interesting this time around. Like yeah. We've got... We're, we're going to see some lines in the sand, and we're going to see people actually pushing against each other pretty hard. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, EA has been active and very present and has actually said a few things about DRM, in particular about how they're canceling online pass program, and specifically that they canceled the online pass program because consumers didn't like it, not because they thought there would be something even worse they could replace it with down the line. But Activision yeah. is silent. Yeah. And, like no one has seen so if there were people talking on one of those I'm on, it's like maybe Bobby Kodak is just gonna like smash through the ceiling in E three and laugh like the devil or something like we have no idea. He's gonna show up like a Batman villain. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> like because like, like, Activision has just been completely silent on all this and so no one knows Did what Did Activision even show anything off this year? Well I know see, Blizzard never goes to E three and Scott that's Lighters. like half of Activision. <laughs> Yeah, they, I know, but it's like, it, it didn't seem like they were show like, I mean, we got Call of Duty Super Dog Edition, like, they found out you can play the Skylanders. dog. Super Skylanders. Dog Those are their two big things, Call of Duty yeah. and Skylanders. Well, that's, that's all they, they need to make money. Yep. But I <laughs> well, guess, um, now, now that we're past that, uh, non-RPGs we're excited for. I, I'll, I'll say this, because I've got to run shortly. Um, the one thing I will say is that it looked like... If you put the two conferences together, it seemed like when you just look at the exclusives, Microsoft had tons of exclusives that they showed. Uh, a couple that were actually interesting were Titanfall, which may or may not be timed exclusive. They had Project Spark, which looked really interesting to be able to create stuff. And uh, Sunset Overdrive was kind of interesting, too. The now, uh, it, 
Yeah, it didn't look as zombie-ish as some of the others. It, it at least yeah, see, I thought it looked kind of cool until it pulled out the zombies, and I was like, well, yeah. Titanfall is also coming out on the Xbox 360. Yeah, they're so... not saying they're actually making it. Apparently, they won't talk about that, but yeah, it is, and there's just all kinds of interesting things going on there. But it 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 wasn't really the exclusives on either side because you know Sony has Knack and Killzone and Drive Club and. I don't care about really any of the exclusives on either side, so it's really about the third parties, and most all, almost all of the third parties are going multi-platform. Well, they're on the so, same architecture. There's no reason not to. Yeah. So I can't really say there's not a ton of RPG or a ton of non-RPGs other than some of the Nintendo stuff we already talked about that looks kind of interesting. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it was just interesting to see the two consoles come out and battle it out and see how that drama is playing out. I, I know I was actually interested in a racing game for the first time that's not necessarily completely an ar- arcade racer. I can't remember which one it is. I know it's not the one with the drive and it's not Drive Club. It was one that was somewhere in the middle that's sort of like uh, an MMO. Oh, the, the Ubisoft game. one. Yeah, yes. That one actually looked kind of cool. That's why that's one Noodle was interested in as well. Mm-hmm. The which one? Sorry? <laughs> That's when Noodle was interesting as well. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, I'd like to say that Drivatar has been a dumb thing that Forza has had since 2005. (laughs) Like, it's been a dumb word. They always call it the Drivatar? Like, there is a thing, like, in in the the first two Forzas, it was different than this, but it was like, you could do practice laps and it would average out your performance against the the best line, uh, how you took corners around the best line that you have set up. And that would, you could then send this AI based on your driving stats to do races for you. So you could kind of burn through a lot of the easier uh, career mode races yeah. that way. The Ubisoft game is the crew, by the way. The crew. The yeah. crew, not oh, the club. Yeah, right, right. Okay. I knew it wasn't Drive Club. <laughs> Something yeah. Else. yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of funny that everybody had a driving game that has some sort of social online doodly hicker thing well there's a ton of social stuff in uh, the latest need for speed mm-hmm. which annoys me to no end because everyone on my friends list is better at it than me so you, <laughs> like you'll you'll be driving you'll be like motoring through and you'll pass a speed camera and it'll tell you and it'll give you the top three and then you and i'm always like god damn you holmberg <laughs> And I'm sure it's just, just I need to track down one of the ridiculous Italian supercars to beat his beat his uh, you know lap time, but it's still. Oh, we missed one RPG that we didn't mention in the whole set, and that was Deus Ex: The Fall for iOS. All right. Well, isn't that like out now? That <laughs> uh, wasn't was it Addy Three? And I thought no, yes. nobody cared, but yes, well, I'm, I'm reserving judgment till I've played it. Um, Emmanuel got us a, he got an impression of that too, and he was able to get in there, and he said it is kind of like a smaller version, but a full featured version of Deus Ex. I still can't find myself being interested in iOS, sorry. Uh, Are you iOS fans? Just can't be interested in it, but still. Uh, I think it's, sorry, I I just had to. Yeah. I mean, if if people are making, you know, actually good games for tablets, I think that's cool because. You know, there's a bunch of people who like to play games on tablets, and it'd be nice to get them some good ones that don't have abusive IAPs. Yeah. Ooh, I thought of the other non-RPG that I was interested in. Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Just looked <laughs> gorgeous. Well, I was very pleased 
as my um, handle on RP Gamer is Ocelot, that my <laughs> favorite voice actor, Mr. Troy Baker, is going to be voicing Ocelot, even though I've never played a Metal Gear Solid game and have no idea about it except that it's kind of wacko. Well, um, it, it, it has variable wacko. Like every it, it alternate, is, it, alternate it is, games dial back the wacko. It is filled with what with what people call Kojima humor. And there is a lot of it. <laughs> it's, it's fun stuff. It's really interesting. And play it on easy and you might enjoy it. Uh, I would give it a shot. When in doubt, just run through the area shotgunning anything that gets in your way. <laughs> or just dodge rolling out of the way or anything. No, you, you just gotta shotgun them all in the face because it knocks them <laughs> down. And you can get to the next room and the alarms reset. Yeah, and, and then of course there's Metal Gear Rising, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It is cool, but it doesn't have any ocelots in it, revolver no. or otherwise. Oh, I, I hate to derail us again from the non-RPG talk, but did anybody want to share what their favorite or most anticipated out of E3 games were? Transistor. Transistor for Scott. Anything like on, else? If, like on the RPG list, it's like Transistor. It's like nope, all I need. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Witcher Three. Oh, nice. I, Alex, I you like still around with us? Yeah, I'd probably go with X, just because my love of Xenoboy is well documented. Ah, uh, good choice. <laughs> what about you, John? Um, I'm going to have to be the bad guy here and say um, Final Fantasy XV. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Hiss. Nothing, nothing You're wrong a terrible with person. That. I'm never going to be friends with you ever again. Uh, 14 was going to be my second choice. What about I, you, I'm friend? sure... I'm sure I wasn't here for the conversation, but I'm okay with Final Fantasy 15. I think it looks kind of cool. Thank you, Becky. Finally, somebody yes. gets it. I, I don't. I don't have a deep attachment to the Final Fantasy series. Yeah. As as it is well, my my refusal to play Final Fantasy VI until there's a graphical upgrade out of sheer sheer bullheadishness as well oh, documented oh, amongst that. You, you oh, and Adrian. <laughs> you and Adrian both claim to be RP gamers, and neither of you have played six. Not I'm saying the, that you, you guys know. hired me because I'm an old school PC gamer. I know. But, you uh, six. What What about you, Trent? We We skipped you. I'm I'm gonna be right there with John. I, the, the The most exciting announcement for me was Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. Um. As much as I bash on it, and have had my reservations about it it's right up there with x for me the two of those and like transistor are probably those three are probably the you know mainly because dark souls 2 was already announced and it's you know it's nothing super duper exciting on that and i know all of those have kind of been announced with the exception of 15 but those three probably hit the top for me well here's the question though is how many years before we see any of them (laughs) oh too many that's the one thing I still have a problem with. They need to get something going because this stuff's been in, you know, if they are going to shift it, everything from verses over to something else, and they're just going to call it 15, it doesn't change the fact that everybody knows it was verses and it, that it was announced before the PS3 even came out. And now they're announcing 15 before the PS4 comes out. You got to do something. You can't fart around on this one. You got to get on board and get this out. That's the only issue I have with it is it needs to happen sooner than later. Yeah, I feel like they've realized that, though. I mean, if, if ever there was a, a wake-up call, it was 2011, 2012. Like, when, when as soon as, as, as you started saying, you know, the Final Fantasy brand as a whole is in jeopardy based on uh, the poor launch of Final Fantasy XIV and uh, the Western reception of Final Fantasy XIII, 
So I feel like they're kind of in the know of of where people's feelings on this typically like super high end RPG series are right now. So th- I, I think the fact that we saw what was it like five Final Fantasy games at this event is is a little bit indicative of how seriously they're taking the brand at this point in time. Yeah. All right. So Mike, you got to run. What's your uh, non RPG pick? My non-RPG pick out of all those, I guess I'm going to stick with uh, Metal Gear 5, Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, close call with Super Mario 3D World, because I was such a big fan of Super Mario 3D Land on 3DS. I'd rather have that sequel on a portable, but if it's on Wii U, you know, I'm not going to complain. I love the style of that one, so yeah, be interested in seeing how that one goes. But yeah, that's where I wrap up, gentlemen and lady. <laughs> <laughs> Non-RPG you're looking forward to, Alex? I think I'd stick with the same choice I had last year, which was Watch Dogs. Yeah, that's... Although, the... this time I sort of tried to temper expectations a bit. Well, now, we, now we're seeing it in action and what it actually is. Yeah, which I'm still good with, but it's just trying to keep check on the hype so as not to be disappointed later. <laughs> Ubisoft disappoint you? How How could this ever happen? Never. I'm actually, I, I, one of these days I really need to actually play an Assassin's Creed game, but I, I was not so sure about pirates for a while, but then um, the, the trailer we saw for Black Flag at the Sony conference actually looked swashbucklery, so that, that sort of made me a little more interested. Okay, so is that, is that your pick, Black Flag? Um, or just a surprise? Pleasant surprise for Becky. <laughs> that was that was more a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it's not my pick. Uh, my pick. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go with the Yoshi game on 3DS because it looks like they drew it with colored pencils, and I love colored pencils, and I also love Yoshi. So there we go. You're a Canadian now. You have to call them pencil crayons. Did, did they show you anything about them pencil crayons? Yes. What the yes. hell? That's that's why I grew up calling them. <laughs> No, literally. We called them pencil crayons in school. Yeah, okay, you had I'm, to have a set of at least 16. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm down, it was the, uh, the thing at the start of the year. I'm down with the craft dinner. I've even said Zed on numerous occasions, but I don't think I can go for pencil crayons. I'm going to buy you a box. A really <laughs> big one. I'm going to highlight, highlight it. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, you can't, you can't you know be Commonwealth without saying that. <laughs> Welcome to the tribe, hoser. Take off, eh? Okay, John, your non-RPG pick? Ah, uh, Watch Dogs again. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, that that's the thing I want, because uh, Cyberpunk Vigilanteism, yeah, I, I, I could be down for that. I, I, want that, I want that game so bad. Like, so bad. I, I, I The only thing I haven't done is put a pre-order down for it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, that, I'm probably gonna do that tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is basically a given though that I will buy it like the second it appears on Steam or whatever. Yeah, I have pre-ordered the Dead Second Edition. Well, aren't you fancy? Well, aren't you fancy? Oh, well, it's got too much money, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, Trent. Um, it's a good question. Uh, I, I, I guess the thing I'm most looking forward to is probably Watch Dogs as well. And I, that's saying something, because I don't usually really love Ubisoft titles, but it, it's shaping up to be a really excellent game. So there we go. Uh, Watch Dogs. Look out for it. Yoshi. And Yoshi. Okay, I'll play Watch Dogs too, but I don't know. That... I'll lend you my copy. Well, I still can. 
All right, so that is our uh, E3 roundup for uh, Not RPG Cast. Thanks for listening. Catch you uh, never, I guess, because Chris will be back and doing this for realsies. <laughs> but thank you to my co-hosts and Mac, who couldn't stay the whole time. Commonwealth Takeover. Commonwealth Takeover. Let's hire Australians and someone from Hong Kong. That's China now, isn't it? It's <laughs> still a little, it is a little Commonwealthy. If he was born before the handover.